Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast and to 2023. And if you thought this year was going to be any less crazy than the last one, think again. In this episode alone, the former Sasha Banks turns up in New Japan. John Cena returns to SmackDown. Charlotte Flair is back. Money in the Bank is coming to London. And Vince McMahon mounts an audacious bid to return to the WWE board. And that is just in the past seven days. Hello, my name is Jack Murley. I'm a professional broadcaster joined every week by co host and professional rugby player charlie beckett charlie here we blink and go again here we go uh merry christmas happy new year all that jazz to everyone i am relieved it's over the holidays are exhausting aren't they they're brilliant but then absolutely exhausting and also we didn't get to record for two weeks because we were all over the place so i've had no one to talk wrestling or two properly for two weeks I've been sat there at half eight on a Friday morning when we normally record, just shaking, trying to talk to my girlfriend about wrestling. She's looking at me going, Charlie, I don't know what you're on about. So very happy to be back. It's good to be back. I mean, talk about a quiet week to return to wrestling. I mean, just just yesterday alone had two huge bits of news and we're going to get into all of it. You, you know it's a busy week when John Cena's return to WWE is like fifth in the running order. Now let's kick off with the news that broke late yesterday uh, evening. We record on Friday mornings. Thursday night, a Wall Street Journal report confirmed later in a statement from Vince McMahon, the former WWE executive chairman who resigned amidst a sexual harassment scandal is attempting to regain control of the company. Now, Vince McMahon always maintained majority voting power, even when he stepped down as chairman. He's used that power to appoint himself and two others as directors to the WWE board. For Vince to become chairman again, we understand he will need three other directors to vacate their position and for the board to approve him officially taking back the chairman role. But what is beyond dispute at this point is the former chairman of WWE wants to become the chairman once again. Again, huge news, Charlie. Neither of us are business journalists. Give me your initial sense. Yeah, it, it's huge, isn't it? As you said, and there are lots of ins and outs of this that, as you say, business is neither your or my forte. So there are lots that we, we won't have a full understanding of, and there will be other people on other podcasts who do a lot better job explaining the ins and outs of this than us. But looking at it as a wrestling fan, um, my I, I don't like it. I think that... WWE purely on-screen product has been significantly better since Vince left the company. Um, so as a wrestling fan, I don't want to have him back because there's no way Vince comes back in and doesn't get involved with creative again. I don't believe that. Even if the reports of he only wants control so he can sell it are, are true, the sale of a multi-billion dollar company doesn't happen quickly. You look at it with football clubs, for example, like how long it take, took Newcastle to be sold, Liverpool in the mix of being sold. They take years for multi-billion dollar deals to go through sometimes. So I don't want that back because I don't want to return to the WWE of early 2022, which was very hit and miss. And apart from Roman, it was mainly a miss, really. Whereas you look at where we've been since SummerSlam, yes, not everything has stuck, but it's been a markedly better product to watch. So from that point of view, I don't want Vince back. I also don't want someone who... Um, yes, there are allegations, but there is proof that the money was taken and paid to these people from Vince. So you can only really assume there's no smoke without fire, that the reasons that are being reported are, if not the truth, are close to the truth. And someone who's done as bad a things as Vince is alleged to have done, I, d I don't really want to see them back, taking power back in the company. Now, again, 
we don't know the ins and outs, don't know if it's true, but there's still going to be people there who are affected by these allegations, who may have been involved with it, and I don't imagine they'll be feeling very comfortable with the man coming back. So it's a big no from me across the board, really. It's one of those things where we know for a fact that money was paid and we know that WWE had to adjust their books because that money was paid. So that is beyond doubt. The way way I see this is if 2022 was the year of turmoil for AEW backstage, you ain't seen nothing yet because there are two immediate options that jump out at me. Option one is that Vince McMahon fails in his bid to regain control of WWE. And Vince McMahon is not the sort of person who takes failure well. He, he doesn't do failure. He's Vince McMahon. And one of the reasons his company has become so huge is he failed to accept failure. So he is not going to go quietly. So option A is he fails in this and life becomes incredibly difficult for WWE with a majority shareholder sitting on the board who wants to be chairman and cannot be. Option B is he takes control back again, and then we're in a situation where WWE, which, yes, is publicly traded, but has always been a McMahon family company, is sold. WWE becomes part of something else. And I don't think that's being spoken about enough, the idea that WWE could become one cog in a bigger corporate machine. Which is, yeah, crazy to think of. Not run like... Because you get a new ownership... Do they want to keep Stefan Triple H involved, or do they want a clean slate with no McMahons? Because you can understand, you can understand both options. You can understand what you know. Triple H has done a very good job. He knows the business. Let's keep him in, but he's a part of the McMahon family, and you might want a complete clean slate. There's always been talk, hasn't there, that if it was ever up for sale, Disney would mm. be interested in uh, buying it, which would be very interesting because would that change the product we have? Because Disney, for a long, long time, has been on screen. The child-friendly, family fun place to go, hasn't it? So um, it's fascinating. I will just be gutted if it affects the on-screen product, which at the moment is really good. I thought Raw and SmackDown this past week were excellent, especially. So as we look like we've got a very exciting 2023 on-screen for WWE, it seems like backstage we're just going, oh, like you say, you ain't seen nothing yet. But WWE going, AW, hold our beer. We're going to show you what turmoil looks like because we could very, very easily have a McMahon family war here. It's like succession in spandex. It is just unreal. Uh, Emma on Twitter reacting to the news yesterday. What a day to be a wrestling fan. James says, this is bonkers, but knowing the characters involved, this really shouldn't surprise us. Is it just me who finds what's going on backstage these days more interesting than the on-screen product in WWE these days? I mean, it, it is fascinating it is every uh, forget the personalities if you're an outsider looking in you've got everything you could want for a soap opera families billions of dollars on-screen television I, it's, it just if you were right in a drama this is what you would write i just wish that someone like netflix would be allowed to do like a drive to survive with wwe imagine <sighs> imagine a fly on the wall documentary or an amazon all or nothing of wwe for a year you, you it would just be... You can't, can you? You couldn't make it up. And and we, last year, sat there and went, you know, Vince is gone. Is he really gone? Seems like he's gone. And I think we were both of the mind like, yeah, he he is. 
<laughs> and suddenly this is going to be like a stone dropped in a pond. The ripples are going to be absolutely extraordinary. Uh, we won't speculate any more than we have done because we really don't know much more. But obviously we will follow this as uh, it continues to develop. You better believe it will over coming weeks uh, in the world of wrestling. Something we do know, as if Thursday wasn't busy enough in the evening, the Vince McMahon news followed on the news that WWE is bringing one of its big five pay-per-views back to London after the success of Clash at the Castle. The O2 Arena will host Money in the Bank on July the 1st, 2023. That's about seven months from today. Absolutely huge news, Charlie. We were clamouring for a WWE pay-per-view last year. We got it in Cardiff. Now we're getting an even bigger one. This is, this is extraordinary. This is massive, especially, as you say, for them to bring one of the big five, Money in the Bank, which has gone in there with Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, uh, SummerSlam and Mania as one of the big pay-per-views. This is huge. Like, this is a massive show of respect and love to the UK fans, and I think they were obviously blown away with how Clash the Castle went. Mm. The one that I text you and our mate Dan straight away about was, why have they only done it at the O2? They, they could easily sell out an arena every time, sorry, sell out, well, they will easily sell out an arena, yeah. but they could comfortably sell out a stadium every time they come here. Like, 60,000 people got into Clash of the Castle. I think another 60,000 didn't get tickets to applied. So the I thought about it overnight. The only thing I can think is, if you remember this year, they wanted to do Money at the Bank at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Mm. And very quietly, but under quite a lot of embarrassment, had to change it to the uh, MGM Grand, didn't they? To a much smaller arena because they didn't get anywhere near enough tickets sold. So I don't know if they are hurt from that and have thought, we'll just go in the arena. But 20,000 at the O2 will sell out before we've even had a chance to get tickets. It, it, it's rem- I, I thought the same thing. Are they a bit gun-shy after last year? And then I thought, well, if it's not that, is it the logistics of having money in the bank in an arena, in a stadium? And it can't be that because we used to have it at WrestleManias and, and you know, WWE could get around that with, with a click of the fingers. So I, I can only assume that, that this is just what they felt they could fill. But I, re- I really don't get it because I'm with you. You, you could easily fill a stadium. The Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is begging for, for this event. We spoke about that like yesterday, didn't we, on text? Um, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is perfect. It's about 50-odd thousand. The NFL have been there and love it. They are. It's, that stadium was built to be a stadium for events as well as football. Everyone who goes there says it's just the most amazing stadium. But even away from there, take it to the Emirates, take it to, if you want to go bigger, Wembley, Twickenham. There are plenty of stadiums in London. That when you think about it, it's mental how many big saves there are in London, by the way. Oh, it's mad. It's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> um, there's 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 no shortage of stadiums to take it to in London if they wanted to. So you, I, you must think they don't want to have the embarrassment of what happened in Vegas last year again. But if they think every UK wrestling fan is going to want to go to this, they would sell they would sell out Wembley if they put it at Wembley. I genuinely believe that. Yeah. So because it's not just UK, European fans will come to this as well. It, it would be like Clash times 10, because this yeah. is con- we always want consequential shows, and it felt consequential because Drew was challenging, and it was a first, but th- this is, you're going to have two Money in the Bank winners. You might see a cash-in. Uh, the only other thing I thought is there's something to be said for an absolutely rocking smaller arena, and you it's not the same because it's apples and pears, but everyone said it about the ECW arena. They would rather have... A thousand at the ECW arena, five hundred, whatever it may be, that was red hot for everything, than a bigger venue where the sound went up and went down. So maybe maybe they want it to feel like the hottest ticket in town. I don't know, but it's huge. It's going there. I've had about ten people message me out of the blue. Are you going? Are we trying to get tickets? What's going on? And I'm glad 
had that Clash led to that, that they didn't just see it as a one-off and left it another 10 years, that they've actually thought, let's go with this? Well, it makes me think we're going to get one a year. Yeah. I, I don't see why, but also I remember um, reading a lot of tweets from, and articles from Sean Ross Sapp after Clash, and he's like, from the business point of view, like I've seen it, it is a no-brainer for WWE to come to the UK once, if not twice a year now. He's like, the money they made on this, I think he said he might see him come to the UK once or somewhere else in Europe once a year. Mm. Uh, because everyone just goes. They sell loads of money. There's loads of hype around it. So, yeah, I, I think if we get one a year, that's amazing. And the fact that it gets you excited at what other pay-per-views they might bring here. Like, if second pay-per-view off the... So, first pay-per-view was one for the UK. Second off the bat is money in the bank. What else could we get? Like, will we see another SummerSlam here in the next few years? Could we one day see a WrestleMania in the UK? I mean, you've got to think it's a possibility or or a rumble. And actually, do you know what I think is really cool is, and, and you don't want to get into national rivalries, but they didn't take this to Saudi because they could no. have taken it to Saudi. They could have gone, let's put money in the bank in Saudi Arabia. They got a whack load of money from it. They would fill out the place. They could have done that, but they've actually gone, this is canon, this is story. Let's put it in the UK. I, I think it's going to be absolutely great. And I think it's going to be anyone who manages to get a ticket. I remember trying to get tickets for Clash. That was difficult with 70-odd thousand. I don't know, what does the O2 hold? Maybe 40,000? 20, mate. Twenty. Right, so I was I was wrong. 20,000 is nothing for an arena. Do you yeah, think they'll move it? Do you think they would look at it and go... I don't know, because you've got to think moving it will cost them a lot of money with contracts to the O2. They must have signed yeah. contracts with the O2. Again, it's not a business that I don't know here. But you, you you're the O2. You, yeah. That's a load of money you're making that night. You're getting a full... And I, I've been to the O2 to see... Um, I went to see Luke Combs at the O2. And it's brilliant. It's a great arena. It's massive, but you don't feel far away from anything. You all feel very... We were quite far up and you feel so close. So, will they move it? I don't know. I'd be surprised if they... I'm, I'm just so surprised they're doing it at the O2. I'm honestly so surprised that's where it's happening. That, that's what I can't get my head around. And, and part of me goes, there must be something we don't get. There must be something we're not understanding here because it's such a no-brainer to put it somewhere else. And you do wonder if they go, ah, do you know what? The costs of moving us to Wembley or somewhere else will, will be outweighed by the benefits of doing it. But also, how picky are we? Getting money mm. in the bank, our second pay-per-view in a year, we're going, well, I think they picked the wrong stadium. M- yeah, money in the bank. It, like, let's just talk about that for a second. They are bringing one of their biggest pay-per-views over to be live, not in prime time in the US. Yeah. That is enormous. That is massive. Here's my other thing. I don't know when AEW is planning its London show. It wouldn't surprise me if there was if there was an element of that that had been factored into WWE's thinking. Little bit of counter-programming, because didn't we see it with Clash and All Out? Yes, yes, we did. And the thing is, it's got to be, if you presume, which I think we're safe to, now I know Assumption makes an ass out of you and me, but let's assume that they're going to have it at Craven Cottage because the owner of AW owns Craven Cottage. So you'd think that might be the stadium he uses in London, wouldn't you? Maybe you'd he's think. got the Spurs stadium. Maybe WWE yeah. wanted the Spurs one. They said, sorry, imagine, guys, this AEW company's got it booked. Imagine if WWE tried to have it at Craven Cottage. Um, <laughs> if he's having it there, Got to have it in summer because the season's not on. Yeah. And suddenly WWE have gone, ah, middle of summer, July 1st, money in the banks in London. Tony Khan sat there going, ah, there's our thunder stolen. 
But but it's great, isn't it? It's great that we're going to... Because we know, regardless when it happens, we know AEW is coming to London at some point in 2023. We know Money in the Bank is coming. We know there'll be Raw and SmackDown tapings as well. We've been super served as wrestling fans, which is absolutely amazing. It is a bonkers week when we're not going to talk about John Cena returning to WWE and Charlotte Flair returning to WWE until after the week. But before we get on to any of that, what was until Thursday, the lead on the show, the former Sasha Banks ended months of speculation about her future and debuted a new look, a new name, and in a new promotion. She turned up at Wrestle Kingdom as Mercedes Monet and challenged Kairi uh, for the New Japan Women's Championship. Before that, she tweeted out a load of thank yous to WWE, including Triple H and William Regal, and a thank you to her former Sasha Banks persona. Months of speculation, including from us, that she might end up back in WWE, but we now know that Mercedes Monet is in New Japan Huge move. Massive and very, very cool for Mercedes Monet, for wrestling, for New Japan. Just, just a great thing all around. I think she's obviously, the way she left WWE was not the way she would have mm. uh, intended, I don't imagine. It seems that the hatchet's been buried with the tweet. She even thanks Vince, didn't she, etc. So um, you'd think the hatchet's been buried. She'll be back in WWE one day. I've no doubt about that. But how cool for her as a person, have the experience of going and doing this, that she wants to do it. How cool for New Japan. She looks like an absolute star there. You have con- um, compared it off air to me to when Jericho turned up yeah. to wrestle Kenny Omega. And it has that same feel. Like the mainstream audience are now going to be taken to New Japan because one of the mainstream stars of the women's division is over there. And what a cool wig she's wearing. Yeah, that is, I mean... And it is a wig, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, it is a wig. She hasn't done that. You couldn't do that to your hair, could you? Well, neither you or I are the best people to make a judgment on Me definitely not. Although, I'll go to it later, Mr. Cena is coming my way with hair, (laughs) which I want to get to later. But... Yeah, that's got to be a wig, surely. I don't know. I, I, she, she's got a great way of changing her look. I, I think extraordinary. Wig or no, I think it was just amazing. And yeah... It was speculated and people thought it could happen, shoulda, woulda, coulda. But until you see someone like that walk out on some other programming, and I, I don't want to go back to Vince, but you have to go back to Vince. So say her thought up till Thursday was, or when did she debut? Tuesday, Wednesday? I can't remember, earlier this week. Say her thought was, you know, I've always got the door open because Hunter's in control of WWE and I had a really good relationship with Hunter. And then she debuts for New Japan and she suddenly looks and sees Vince McMahon's trying to take control of the company again, that will have to factor into the thinking of so many people who, you know, look at Regal, who's just gone back and is now seeing the guy who let him go could be in charge again. Depending for the thoughts of Bray Wyatt, Johnny Gargano, Braun Strowman, Karrion Cross, Dexter Loomis, mm. these guys who have come back because he left and now he's wants to come back and going, this hasn't gone quite how I planned. On the uh, Mercedes Monet thing, I love how much of an absolute star she was presented by New Japan. Like, she just looked like the absolute business, didn't she? Like, she just looked like she was being presented as this is a era-defining star coming to New Japan. And her and Kyrie will absolutely bang in the ring. And they're doing it in the US. They're making it a draw for the US show that, that New Japan and stardom will be putting on. Here, Here though, is a question that, again, reflects how bonkers wrestling is. So she's doing this for New Japan. I don't rule out seeing her at the Rumble. You know what I so mean? Here's the, here's the thing. 
on your show notes, you know, two things that weren't on your show notes this week that you sent me. Yeah. By the way, yes, that's how professional Jack and I are now. In the last <laughs> few weeks, I started doing show notes. Um, two current WWE wrestlers signed to WWE wrestled for two different Japanese promotions in the last seven days. Like that any other year or week or day is just the most bonkers and enormous news. So if anyone who missed it, we had Shinsuke Nakamura wrestling in Noah yep. uh, against the great Muta, which I haven't seen it, but apparently it was just a bonkers, brutal war of a match. And then you had Carl um, Anderson wrestling at uh, Wrestle Kingdom for New Japan. Do you remember last year when Mickey James turned up in the in in an otherwise yeah. dire rumble as the Impact uh, Women's with Champion belt. with her belt and her music, and we went, "That's a moment you may never see again." And yet, absolute. And look, we may not see these sort of moments again in the future, depending on what goes on with Vince or whatever. It all sort of comes back to that. But maybe that was the deal. Maybe part of the deal was, look, you you can have a bit of Sasha Banks. If we can have a bit of her back for the... I mean, you just can't rule anything out. I, it's just extraordinary. And yet, at the, bang on with that. To see two WWE contracted stars in New Japan uh, or, or, or Noah, wherever it was for each of them, remarkable. Honestly, just things we never thought we'd see from WWE. And does it does it close out for a little while the possibility of ever getting the, the, the main event we probably deserved at a WrestleMania of Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. Do we do we close that chapter and say, to get that on the WrestleMania stage, we have to put that to bed for a while? What makes... Yeah, I think so, definitely. What I will always be uh, disappointed with right now is we never, ever, ever saw the horsewoman fail forward. Yeah. That's the money match. Like we... Like the um, Shield triple threat was rushed. I think it was a... Was it a battleground? Yeah, yeah. What? What? By the way, battleground has some low key, unbelievable matches. I always go back to it. Battleground 2016, one of my favorite. You've matches got ever. such a Fatal soft spot for battleground. Title, it's unbelievable. Cesaro, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it. Um, battleground's low key and unbelievable pay per view. You, you could be Mister Battleground, like if, yeah. if Gargano's Mister Takeover and Michaels is Mister WrestleMania. Charlie is Mister Battleground. And do they even do Battleground anymore? No, but if they do, we'll be going wherever it is. Um, and I'll have a shirt printed Mr. Battleground. But all I mean is, that should not have been where the Shield triple threat happens. No. We all know where that should have happened. The main event of WrestleMania. The four horsemen of WWE should be main eventing one night at WrestleMania. Now, I don't for a second think it won't happen one day. That will happen at some point. But it's a shame that it hasn't happened maybe when they were all at the absolute hottest like, circa... 2018 sort of time that I think that's when we really should have seen that match because they were all just the biggest draw in women's wrestling right then let's talk about WWE Smackdown the last one of 2022 certainly delivered and you know it's been a bonkers seven days where where our second half of the show is where we get to the return of John Cena and of Charlotte Flair who beat Ronda Rousey to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Let's start with John Cena. 20 years of matches under his belt, teaming uh, with Kevin Owens to take on the bloodline. He's still so over, Charlie. He's so over. Does anyone work a crowd as well as John Cena? Ah. Like, he's just, and also, you know what's mad? Like, you see genuine, like, five or six-year-old kids in the crowd who've never really seen a full-time John Cena still going berserk for John Cena. 
Like he's just, yeah, he, he he's so over. It gives like, you saw that um, after it was announced he was coming and the next week they um, sold like 6,000 tickets. Like he's still a draw. Yeah. People still want to see John Cena wrestle. He can still go. He's still in unbelievable shape. Obviously he has to be for his acting as well. Um, he's going bald. That was a big, um, that was a big moment for me as a bald man. See John Cena's going bald. That was a representation. Was it matters. In our, in our, in our bald man group chat that we have for every bald man <laughs> in the world. Uh, it just said John Cena has been added. So that was nice. That was a big moment to wake up to on Friday. Um, no, he was so great. What a brilliant way to use him. Mm. He's not coming and taking over a storyline. He's got a history with Roman. He made Kevin look more like a badass. I'd do that for anyone called Kevin is impressive. Um, yeah. Brilliant way to use him. And I think I don't want to see John Cena in title matches. I don't want to see him coming in. I want to see him as a bit of an event now. And it's we'll go, ah, oh, great to see you, John. See you in six months. He is um, this generation's Hulk Hogan. And I don't just mean because of the hair thing. I mean, I was thinking about this 20 years of John Cena. Now, when I was getting into wrestling in sort of 2000, 2001, 2002, that's when Hogan had his comeback. And I was thinking, so 2002 Hogan, people have been watching since 1982. And the fans who are, as you say, watching John Cena now will have been watching him since 2002. That's what I've been doing. He is Hulk Hogan for this generation. And I think what people are doing now, and I'm certainly doing it, is I, I probably a bit like Hogan, fans resented him being pushed down their throat at some point. They thought he was very samey. And then you just respect the tenure and what he's given. John Cena has given absolutely everything to this business. He is absolutely amazing and i was i was really glad to see him getting the respect he deserves yeah i thought it was great to see him finally loved by the crowd really because he does deserve it he's given so much to this business this company and it's really good so that was great to see but it was it was just a really good smackdown wasn't it like we'll get on to charlotte now like the most charlotte flair thing in the world by the way just come back and go win the title I'll have that, Rhonda. Thanks very much. Yeah. Cheers, 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 Rhonda, babe. I'll have that. Um, <laughs> but I think we all knew that this Rhonda Rousey hasn't worked. No. So let's uh, let's, we... let's come back to Senior in a bit. Let's get on to Charlotte Flair since since we are there. She, she's back. She beats Rhonda. Is that an admission that actually Rhonda Rousey as champ isn't clicking? Because just on the face of it, Charlotte against Ronda Rousey is a WrestleMania quality match that you could have built to at any point. They chose not to. They chose to have Charlotte take the belt off Ronda very, very quickly. Is that telling of what WWE is thinking at the moment? Yeah, I think so. I think they need to take Ronda away and repackage her a bit. And I think we'll see Charlotte Ronda at the Rumble. I think Charlotte will beat Ronda again, and then we won't see Ronda for a while. Um, it hasn't worked. This, you think about how hot she was when she first came to WWE. This this Ronda has not worked for whatever reason. So she needs she needs repackaging, I think. Um Charlotte Flair's a draw, isn't she? Whenever she comes out, there's a reaction. Yeah. She's she has that legitimacy straight away. And, and that that women's division needs it on the SmackDown side of things. It actually does, because the raw women's division is stacked. And I think they thought if you put Ronda Rousey on on the SmackDown side, that's gonna be your star power. Actually, respect to, to Shotzi, your Liv Morgans, your Shayna Baszlers, they're not delivering, in the eyes of me as a fan, if you stack the two women's divisions next to each other, that they're not of a par. Raw is so much more exciting. That's what I want to watch. Yeah, I, I would very much rather watch Raw's women's division than, um, than SmackDown's. Um, 
both the mid cards on both. Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping about here. That's right. Are very good at the moment. You see Austin Theory and Seth Rollins have an absolute barnstorm of a match in the main event for the US title, which feels so important. And then Braun and Gunther are going to batter each other, aren't they? <laughs> They're going to absolutely batter each other for that Intercontinental title. The Richter scale is going to be wobbling all over the shop for that. But again, two titles suddenly feel really important. And actually, not suddenly. They've, they've, that's a concerted effort. That's taken time to get them to that level. We also saw that brilliant segment with Heyman and Sami Zayn, which I, I think... Low-key, just genius. Hey, Heyman doesn't have to do much these days, but when he comes out and he does those little... Oh, I just... I love it. I love it so much. And it was just such a Sammy, be very careful, you're getting too popular and Roman doesn't like it. Which we've not talked about. In all the, in no. all, in all the fantasy booking we've done of the bloodline, we haven't said it. And it, do you know what it was? It was that Heyman didn't say it. When yeah. that, that Sammy's... Because how many... So let's go back to the Mean Girls analogy, right? Let's go back to the bloodline being the Mean Girls of wrestling. Sammy saying to Heyman, has Roman said something? And Heyman going, does he need to say something? How many conversations have we heard like that? Just just watch your step, fella. And in all the possibilities, at no point did we think that Roman Reigns would get jealous. It's amazing. At no point did we think that would be the way this would go. Roman Reigns jealous of Sami Zayn. What a ridiculous thing to think would happen. I love it. I, I still don't think we do it at Mania. I mean, I'm so torn. I'm, New Year, same problem. Do you do it at Mania or is there more story to tell? And now I think there's still more story to tell. You could just keep this going. Yeah, I've no idea where this is going to go. It's just, oh, it's so good. And then the hostile takeover of Raw. Yeah. I really enjoy that. Che- I really Also, the genuine arrogance of four men. To think, yeah, we're going to come and take this whole arena by force. Okay, here's a question for you. If you had to stage a hostile takeover of another rugby club, you pitch up at their game, it's kicked off, it's five minutes in, and you and three others have to jump the barricade from your play your playing career. Who are the three you're taking with you? Who are the three the, that are coming in? The three I'd take from my playing career to host a hostile takeover of another rugby club. That is an unbelievable question that I've never thought of before. Um I take a lad I played with called Seb when I was um like under 15 because he was a judo black belt. <laughs> okay, he's your technical and honestly, guy. he used to just like flip people. It was mental. Yep. Uh and then I would take who are like the toughest people I've played with? I know a man I take who I played against. I played against a guy called Matt Challoner at Doncaster who genuinely was made of concrete. Yeah, I take him. Never played with him, but I take him. And then I take a Lecky Latui from um, Amptill, who's Tongan International, who genuinely is the most solid man I've ever had to put hands on. Like, if he holds a bag in training, you run into him, you end up on your on your backside, five metres back. And I just like, he'd be like my Vader. I just roll him around, like smashing into people. So I've never met him, but I, the reason I know how big he is is your club tweet out match day graphics quite a lot of the time, and he can barely fit in the match day graphics when they put him. He is the biggest man. He's also in his mid-40s and still playing all the time. It's just unbelievable. So yeah, and um, you know what? We probably wouldn't win. And that's why I needed the bloodline. I think that, yeah, like I say, the arrogance, the four of us would be like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do a hostile takeover. Yeah, it's re- it's remarkable. I I loved it. I'd have loved it more if the bloodline weren't pitching up on Raw every couple of weeks. It, it 
that, but you know, nitpicking. It was good. It was different. It shook it was, up the it format. All, it was also a very me raw because I'm a big country music fan. And I've recently discovered Hardy. Yeah. Um, and his music because uh, he's a big uh, friend of Morgan Wallen, who I'm a big fan of. So then I was like, what the hell is he doing on Raw? Mm. I was like, and I didn't realize he's doing the um, his song Sold Out, which is the tune for the Rumble I'm a big fan of. So it was a very me Raw this week. Do you know what they should have done? They should have hit that old Hardy Boys music at the end, just like for yeah. him. I thought that would have been good. Um, just to come back, circling back very quickly to Cena, do you want to see him have a WrestleMania match? Do you do you think, given the reaction he had on SmackDown, if you could sort of hotshot a three-month program, there's no one immediately there for him, but do, do you do something with him if you can, or do you say, actually, yeah. we can manage without? I, I would I would happily see him at Mania. I would not be upset to see him. Uh, I also wouldn't be absolutely good if he wasn't there. Mm. But there's all this um, rumour of him wrestling Austin Theory, isn't there? And there's certainly a story to be told of Cena going back for the US title. Yeah. And that was a title that made him, was it? And then he remade that in 2015. And I think doing it well, I think could really bring another more, uh, another chapter in the air of legitimacy to Austin Theory. So I, I think two months ago, I said, that's not, that I don't want to see that. But now with the stories that have been told since, I think that that is a good use of Cena. Theory goes over. There's stories to be told with the US title. There's great promos to be had. Looking back, you can, look, you can use it as a bit of a, like, look at what John Cena did for this title, big him up through. I, I think there's definitely a story to be told there. And yeah, I, I would like to see John Cena. We're probably not going to see John Cena wrestle that many more times, are we? So I think we've got to take every every chance we get. Yeah, I think you're right. And look, poor old AEW debuting a brand new set and look for its show on Wednesday. They're, they're the and finally today. It's just been that sort of wrestling week. However, I do want to give them a mention because I thought the new set looked great. I thought it was a real upgrade from the moment it came on air. I thought some people were quite snobby about it saying, oh, it wasn't that big a change. It looked night and day for me. I thought it made them look big time straight away. I thought there were some quality matches and I thought there were some decent promos as well. I had no complaints about Dynamite this week. Dynamite was good this week. It's just been a mental week of wrestling. Um, I think the headline, I, I like the sets. I like the new presentation very much. Um, the fact that we're looking at getting an MJF, Daniel, Brian Danielson, Iron Man match for an hour, I think is just phenomenal. I think it's what MJF needs. Mm. I think MJF winning that and showing, I want to see him show how good wrestler he is. Yeah. I want to see that Maxwell Jacob Friedman for all the talk and all the chat, can wrestle and can hang with with the best in the world because I've said it a million times. I like my wrestling to be legitimate sport at times. And when there are some of the best wrestlers in the world in your promotion, if you can't hang with them, then why should you be the champ? So at some point you've got to prove that you can, you can, you can give all the talk, you can have all the shenanigans, but at some point you've got to prove that you can hang with these guys. So I want to see that. Yeah. Lots of story to be told there. I'm, I'm a also sorry. Cause it hasn't been mentioned and we've talked about all week. If you haven't seen Will Ospreay's um, promo yes. before his match with Kenny Omega, if you don't like swearing, don't watch it. Because Christ, he throws all the words in. Yeah. But that man's a superstar. I, I think all the caveats you've attached, it is the sweariest sweary swearing promo I have seen in a long time. To set the scene, it's before Omega and Osprey go at it at Wrestle Kingdom. They're on a stage. It's one of those Japanese-style press conferences, and Osprey gets up and confronts Omega, and his soul pours out of his mouth. That is... I don't know what was meant to be said and what wasn't. They're both businessmen. I'm sure nothing there came as a surprise, but I believed everything he was saying and that was a wow moment 
Imagine being the tr- Japanese translation man. <laughs> you just clean it up, wouldn't you? You just you just take out all the swears. I reckon he stood there going, I don't actually know what a lot of these words mean. Because he's got a very heavy Essex accent as well. We lost swears, what you forget. So they might not have understood. No, I, I, but that was extraordinary. And again, what a week that that promo, I would have, it completely passed me by. But oh, what, what a week. I haven't even watched that match. I haven't had time to watch that match. Everyone's told me it's about, I've seen the picture of Will Ospreay after it. Yeah. And oh, he's covered in cuts and welts and bruises. But yeah, it just carnage this week. Well, what we also saw at Wrestle Kingdom was FTR lose the New Japan tag titles they had. We've seen them lose the Ring of Honor tag team titles. There is a lot of speculation based on Dynamite as well and uh, the, the Gun Club quote-unquote burying FTR that they might be going back to WWE. And someone tweeted that and I saw Cash Wheeler tweet, excuse me, Dax Harwood tweet back. They said Triple H sign FTR and Dax tweeted back saying at Triple H next time and put the at in it. So we could we could be seeing that. We may not, we could do. Oh, it's just bonkers, isn't it? Mental. It is. I tell you what I'm really looking forward to for AEW next week. I think they've built... John Moxley, Hangman Adam Page, very, very, very well. And I think that is a main event anywhere you go. That's going to be brutal. I love it's about concussions are serious business. We don't joke about them on this podcast, but I like they've taken that real issue and they've built it in a real way. And Moxley saying, I meant to hurt you. That's what I wanted to do. And Hangman saying, yeah, but now I need to do it back to you. Give me that. That's how I like my wrestling. Yeah, I agree. It's it's legitimate. It's real. It's gritty. It's going to be good. Let's do the favourite part of the podcast for everyone each and every week. Earning the push and back to developmental. Something we love from everyday life gets pushed to the moon. Something we hate gets sent back to developmental. First or second, Mr. Beckett? I'll go first this week. Go for it. I'll go first. Um, it's not Liverpool, is it? It's not going to be... Sorry. Wow. Sorry. Wow. I know, I've never done that to you. Jack, you're a Tottenham fan. <laughs> And I've never done that to you either. Would you like to would you like to rescind that comment? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm thank sorry, you, thank sir. Thank you, Jack. So about <laughs> developmentals, Jack Murley this week. Uh, no. Um but oh, I've opened an app on Zoom somehow. I don't know how I've done it. I've just lost half the screen, Jack. What's I'm still here. Here? It's fun. Oh my so Charlie's Charlie's back to developmental now needs to be right, his technical expertise. Right. Zoom's upgraded and changed this week. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> you look so confused. You honestly, look, you look helpless. we've done this. I think we've done this 84 times now. That has never happened. <laughs> um right. My back to developmental is anyone, I've got quite serious ones this week. Anyone judging other people's New Year's resolutions. Just just let them do it if they want. I'm, I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions. I don't make them. But if people want to, if people want to start the new year fresh, if they want to do that, if they want to, you know, how they hold themselves accountable to eating healthier, losing weight, going to the gym more, whatever, is to publicise it. Let them do it. If they're not hurting anyone, just let them do it. Can I jump in? Yeah. Because mine, mine was going to be, my back to developmental was going to be people who are fine who set themselves things as if they're not. And can I give you an example? Okay, yeah, I get this. Any personal trainer with an eight-pack who stands in front of a mirror going, this is the year I really get in shape and I and I lose I lose this body fat. And you go, no, you are in great shape. You stop it. There are so, people who aren't. So that one does hurt people because yeah. that then leads other people to believe that they're not in good shape. So that, that those people we can agree. get in the bin. Yeah. But yeah, so people who are not hurting anyone, who just want to, and the way they're going to hold themselves accountable to go for a run twice a week is to put it on Twitter. And then people are like, why are you only running twice a week? Why are you telling oh. me like, just let them do it. Yeah. Like the world that, so anyone doing that, my earn the push 
um, is to a man called Damar Hallen. I don't know if you saw this this week. He's an NFL player. Mm. Um, is, this is very serious and scary, actually. In the Buffalo Bills versus Cincinnati Bengals uh, game, he had a cardiac arrest during the game. He made a tackle, stood up, and then just collapsed on the pitch. Uh, the game got cancelled there and then, isn't being replayed. The Both the medical staff, everyone was amazing. And incredibly, he has regained consciousness and the report just they were, and this is the bit they can't believe because he was not breathing for a long time, is he is neurologically intact, which they did not think was going to be what happened when he woke up. So a uh, big early push to him and all the medical on him hoping to get better. And apparently this is the best thing. The first thing he asked when he woke up was, did we win the game? Oh. That was his first sentence. So big early push to him and just... Yeah, the medical teams that saved his life essentially on the pitch. He was he by all all accounts should have died there and then, um, and didn't. So sorry to be serious and a bit no. down on the first one, but it was amazing to see. Um, I think med- emergency medical personnel are amazing. I always think it at rugby we had a pretty horrible injury. Well, we had a game three weeks ago. I tweeted about it. We had three serious injuries that genuinely happened in five minutes of each other. It was horrible, and the medical team were just amazing for both teams. I think yeah, I'm going to spend extend to any. Any med, emergency medical personnel, they're yeah. just brilliant. And they don't go. Uh, I, I obviously do sports at a more grassroots level than you play at, but I've seen at least three or four times where there's a serious injury, the game gets called up uh, off, and, and, and the medical personnel don't go. And they're not paid at, at a non-league level. They're there and they stay with the injured player and with ambulance waiting times being what they are at the moment, they stay till they're better. So it's amazing. So I'm with you on that. Uh, I've done my back to developmental, so I'll just do a quick earn in the push. Anyone who speaks another language, I'm, I, I've am i got into a YouTube hole of celebrity speaking other languages and it just blows my mind. So anyone... Who's, who's speaking what then? Who's speaking what language? Who is the guy who is in The Hangover and is like the the, 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 the movie star good looking one? Uh, um, oh, I know this. Um, Bradley who is Cooper. He? Bradley Cooper. So Bradley Cooper speaking French. Just Oh, I bet that's sexy. Just fluently speaking French because he did Bradley some... Cooper speaking French. Oh yes. I'm gonna have to YouTube that later, aren't I? He lived in France. So he just did a French show and he they put a translator earpiece in and he went pop that out and just yeah. spoke French. But Jack, I've seen on your Instagram that you're incredibly fluent in Duolingo in multiple languages. I've been doing it for about a thousand days and I think I have the vocabulary of a two year old. Like some of the sentences Duolingo gives you. So now that the most ridiculous things then me knowing some things that go on in your life. Sometimes they're savage. Oh, Sometimes yeah. with things that are happening in your personal life or work life, Duolingo <laughs> will give you sentences. I'm like, does Duolingo know? It was a tricky end to 2022 for me. And Duolingo put up in Spanish for me a, a sentence which was essentially, he's eating in the kitchen alone. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus. All right. Like, uh, but yeah, Duolingo knows. Duolingo knows. Any Anyone, and you probably get it in sport, anyone who, who speaks a second language. I had it the other day at... Um, at a budget supermarket and the woman who was, you know, putting people through the self-service tills, English was not her first language, but there she was joking around in it with people. I thought she was great. So anyone who speaks another language, well done to you. You're smarter than me uh, and crack on with it. Right. We need to wrap this up. Charlie, simple one for us before we go. Will next week be any less bonkers than this week? Can we bank on a quiet one or is it all going to kick off again? Uh, I'm just going off the experience of the last 12 months. No, it'll, <laughs> no, like, it'll be even more mad somehow. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, right, look, if you've enjoyed this show or you like wrestling, tell people about what we do here. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're getting us from, uh, from Apple Podcasts to Spotify. Make sure you sub so you get new episodes every Friday. Uh, he is Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I am Jack underscore Murley. We are done for another wrestling week. Until next time, thanks for listening, and bye-bye. <laughs>